Welcome to the YU Podcast. It's a safe space to jam about all things careers, boost your confidence, and answer that difficult question, why should we hire you or why you? I'm Laura, and I'm here with my co-host, Fee. Hello. Today, we're continuing our series on developing your career. So in part one, we talked about skills and the future of work. In part two, we talked about goal setting. And today, in part three, we're talking about development conversations. Do you have like an initial take on that when we talk about development conversations and how you approach them? Do you think it differs a lot between the types of managers you've had in the past? It definitely differs. And the thing that always gets me is hearing the word feedback and going into development conversations typically will trigger the fight or flight response. We are like hardwired to be nervous about these things. It's just such a vulnerable thing and it's really difficult. And if you don't feel like you have a good connection with your manager, it can be exponentially harder. So Mm. I, yeah, I, I feel absolutely can differ. I've been really fortunate for the last few roles to have really, really good supportive leaders who Uh, push me to, you know, have a good development plan and work on it. And I've seen the benefit of that. And and I've had times in my career where it just didn't exist. And and I floundered because I didn't have those sorts of goals and didn't have the regular conversations to go, okay, I'm on the right track and things. So uh, yeah, definitely a mixed bag and and important to remember how challenging it can be. How about you, Laura? Yeah, I definitely think it differs. And the last role I had in banking, I think I had like nine different managers in the one role. Wow. So <laughs> I had like a lot of chance to experience different styles in a way. And I think that's really nice because it, it sort of gives you a bit of confidence in your own ability to drive your own development and mm. ask for what you need and work with different styles. And like, of course, there's no doubt about it. Like everyone's going to have a different preference to the style of management or mentor support that they really find the most helpful and supportive and nurturing etc but there's also no doubt that you learn something from every different style right so that's the advantage like Mm -hmm. even if you feel like the development conversations you have with the manager don't necessarily flow perfectly because you you know you have a very different approach to development or career planning or whatever it is even in those scenarios you learn so much about yourself even if it's just because you know, your manager approaches their career very differently and you actually get some insight about the way you think about your own career yeah, absolutely. I think it is good to sort of go with the flow of your manager and, and that's part of learning their style and how frequently they want to have it and when it's going to be a good, valuable conversation, when's the right time. Yeah. Like if you guys are in the middle of a crisis, it's not the right time <laughs> to be like, hello, I would like to talk to you career. about. Yeah. And so like the, there's a there's that sort of element, but I think you don't have to wait around for it to happen to you as well. If you do have a manager who is is maybe not that experienced with it or it's not their style to do it, you can still ask for what you need. Part of that person being yeah. a good manager is adapting their style to be the supporter for you there. But as we we're talking about in part two, it's the prep work that really goes a lot into those conversations as well. And I think something you were just touching on is making sure that it's not about work. It's really dedicated to that development conversation because those two can bleed into each other and they need, you need to have a different focus. Yeah, 100% when you're in high-paced roles, which I think nowadays is a lot of <laughs> corporate roles and most business roles, it's just really easy to get swept up in like this incident, this issue, this political thing that's happening. So I think personally, I found that if you combine development conversations into your regular one-on-ones, it's never worked for me. It might work for other Mm. people. I tend to always have a separate catch up for that. I would have a 
a regular catch up that we just talk about work stuff and then development conversations. And then it also depends on the type of role, right? Like now in consulting, my day-to-day discussions about work are actually not with the same person who's my manager. Often the conversations with my manager, they're purely development. And that's actually really nice because you can just Mm. focus on development planning. Whereas day-to-day, I report more closely to somebody else. And so when I'm working with them, it's very clearly about whip. Inevitably, you'll get drawn into work chat regardless. But I think having that boundary is important. Hmm. What sort of questions do you ask? So particularly when, you know, maybe it's not someone you directly report into, how do you structure those conversations? So it definitely depends who I'm meeting with and what I want out of the conversation, right? I mentioned one of my goals was around program management and meeting with really experienced program managers. I'm not necessarily asking that person, here's my whole development plan, here's all my goals, but I'm coming in to almost informally interview them and ask them about their career. That to me is a development discussion. Literally for your development. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so I think that structure is very different. And again, it even depends on the person. Like if it's a person I know super well, like one of my very, very close friends is an excellent program manager. So I would meet with her and we could literally grab a coffee, grab a wine. Mm. I would know what I want to ask her because it's areas I'm finding challenging or that I want to learn from. But it's obviously a very different style to like, if I say identify a business lead in my current company or through a network, it would be a lot more formal. Like I would have reached out to them, maybe say via email or messenger and just said like, you know, I've heard great things about you. Are you open to a catch up? I'd love to hear about your career as a program manager. And then in that conversation, I'd structure it quite differently. I'd probably go in with a bit of setup of getting to know them if I don't know them and then probably approach it like a bit of context about what I'm working on and why, and then just really open it up. Usually I'd start with something like, you know, Do you mind telling me a bit about your career? I'd really love to hear a bit more about how you got into this and what motivated you. And then I would have specific things that I want to know about the role, which again, usually Mm -hmm. comes back to the challenges I'm having, right? Like if it's how do you manage conflicting priorities between stakeholders, something like that. Like that's how I structure it. So hopefully that helps. It's just like it really depends on what I'm trying to get out of it and who it is. I think the common thread there, it's giving the other person prep time, like don't ambush someone with a development conversation just the same way you wouldn't want to have an ambushed performance review and I think thinking about it that way I can't think of a single time I've gone into one of those conversations when I've given them a heads up that someone's gone like oh no I don't want to talk about that or whatever because you've just given them that time to think of of their points and and having been asked to have some of those conversations from people for their development conversations it's really exciting to help someone and give it back and have a conversation so but that look as I love to contradict myself like sometimes that stuff will happen organically as you network with people or whatever so that's okay too you don't have to stop in the moment and be like this is a great conversation I know later I'll park it now (laughs) (laughs) but you could like that that point about you know how do you follow up from those conversations you can do that like if you've met someone at an event or something you can follow up over email to say I'd like to talk more about because I like to learn from my development and that's a bit of a signpost in that follow-up or same with the development conversation can I follow up with you again I'd love to play back what I've done from this Mm. in a couple of months time and people don't have to say yes to that it's okay to hear no in that situation but I've yet to encounter someone shutting that down I have been ghosted by someone but I think they just we just like maybe they got too busy I think so and I was like look whatever like it was a bit it was a surprise but I'm like well 
oh, oh well, like what am I going to do about it? <laughs> um, no, I'm taking this to the grave, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll remember this person forever. But, yeah. <laughs> Cue the name drops. No, no, no. <laughs> name and shame. Now we've got a platform, baby. <laughs> it's all coming out. <laughs> but, yeah, I think you can't hang – yeah, you're not hanging your soul development on these conversations. They're yeah. part of your toolkit for developing your career. And I'm curious what you think, Laura, about doing it in conversational style or getting stuff in writing, like when you send like a request for feedback or, or that type of thing. Feedback, it kind of depends. I mean, nowadays a lot of companies are also building a feedback tool into their performance review process. So it feels like you're sort of encouraged to get stuff in there. Mm. But if I'm completely honest and look, I'm here to help improve companies' performance processes, but, uh, I think a lot of people don't give negative feedback in those tools. (laughs) No, it's really hard to do. I agree. Yeah. um, I do think in terms of like what's in writing, less so about feedback, but in terms of follow-up, definitely if we agreed on some type of action. Yeah, particularly if they're very senior and are likely pulled in a million different directions, they may not remember that specific thing. It's just part of you being proactive and signaling yeah I really give a shit about this and I valued your time and and it's a thank you for that and then the the gentle reminder and then it's just it's there for for them yeah I think as well that you if it's my manager right usually when I do a new development plan each year I would email them a copy of the powerpoint and I'll tell them it's in the system and I would recap in bullet points if there's something I'm asking of them, I would recap it because generally my development plans tend to be designed off of what I'm doing. And it's okay to have an ask, but I tend to really focus on what is the most important thing that if my manager or their manager or the senior leader helped me with, that would really make an impact of this whole plan. Mm. Is there one or two stretch opportunities or funded courses, the opportunity for me to work a few hours a week on a certain Mm. extracurricular, like any of those things where it's definitely a bigger ask of the business. That's the one or two things that for this year I'm asking it. I would put that in the email and I would just always thank them for their time because they've taken a lot of time out of their day. And I won't presume that they're going to give me what I'm asking for, but I would still just say, I'm going to do these things. Here's my plan. I'm really excited to work with you guys on it. You know, as discussed, if I could have your support with these one, two things, I'd really appreciate that. I think that's okay. Yeah, keep and that's, it simple. that's really important to show you're coming to the table, but you also are being clear on what you need from them or what you would love from them. Yeah, where I see have seen people struggle with these is when they're expecting the development to come to them and it just doesn't work that way. It, you need to mm. be more than equal share in it. Like it's great when that's coming at you. If And if you've got the right mindset on view of yes all these things are development you can feed that but you have to be driving it like it's your career and and analogy because I feel like I haven't said an analogy for a a while (laughs) what's going Um, on (laughs) (laughs) I heard this at a at like a development conference many many Mm. many years ago but effectively if you think about how much time and effort you put into buying a car or buying a house Big life experiences, you put a shitload of time and effort into that. Why wouldn't you put the same amount of time and effort into planning your career and it's worth putting the time in? Mm. And that includes the follow-up and and those types of things and showing that you're really proactive. I have a a question for you about development conversations though, Laura. Mm. Have you ever got feedback or had that conversation where you disagreed with what the other person was saying? 
Yeah, so I think the example that comes to mind is when I was last moving out of my job and I was looking to the industry to see if I could move into maybe like a HR business partnering role and moving out of managing the grad program. And, you know, as you know, it's quite a specialist area. People don't really understand graduate and internship programs in terms of the people who run them and like what skills they've got. And so I did speak to a few different recruiters and I definitely had one who had come to me and just said, there's no way you're going to be getting into a business partner role. Like essentially I had to go back and start from scratch. And I I took it on board because it wasn't the only one. I got some job rejections as well, like with no feedback. And so I did assume that anyone who was coming from a really traditional HR angle was pretty much going to see my resume and go, I don't get like what your deal is, even with your cover letter. So I appreciated that. But then what did really help me is, although I didn't end up going down that path because I came into consulting instead, and that was sort of more expansive in terms of my opportunities, I definitely, basically my approach was to just broaden the people I spoke to and really understand Mm -hmm. that while their feedback was very valid and it was going to be true for some people, that I was pretty adamant about the skills I wanted to develop and the types of people I wanted to work around and that something would work out. Like I trusted that it would work out eventually. And that I wouldn't ignore the fact that people don't see my background. Like I tried to sharpen my cover letter, but I basically realized I just need to have conversations with people. That's how I'm going to get my Mm. next role because people on paper will not understand because that's the feedback I'm getting. So I don't know if that's like a perfect example, but like I definitely had feedback. I didn't, I didn't agree with it because I was like, I have transferable skills. I'm, I'm really passionate. I'm a hard worker, but that was just what the market was telling me. Mm. And yeah, in the end, it worked out. I just had some belief in myself and kept going. And it definitely was through people I knew and people who trusted in my transferable skills. That's how I ended up getting my role anyway. So yeah, what about you? Similar, where it's been people who are narrow in their own experience. And and that sounded more negative than I meant it to be. But, you know, they have gone a traditional kind of pathway or something. You just have a different style. And I think it's absolutely okay to clock that and go you know look thank you for the wisdom because that's your experience and it's interesting to know and you have to assume that said with the best intent that hey this is where I've struggled in the past but it doesn't mean you have to follow those footsteps exactly I I think I've seen people fall into that trap where Mm. you find someone's career path you like and you just want to try to follow it directly or people wanting to take everything from a, a leader as like the gospel and and that type of thing I've had feedback in personal reviews, like performance reviews that just I categorically didn't understand the example and Mm. I couldn't get the detail of it and I've just had to let those things go because it's just somebody with a completely different perspective of the environment and in the moment of that it didn't make sense for me to really hone in on it because, you know, we were parting ways pretty soon thereafter. So there's also an element of just being clearly I've actually let it go not really but um (laughs) but you're on um, the list as well maybe (laughs) naming and shaming um so the the sub name of this series fees name is shame (laughs) um but equally following up as well don't be afraid to disagree or look take it on board but move through it or mm. or follow up if you can if you really don't understand the point 
asking extra questions. I've done that a few times and it completely changed the context of the feedback for me. I've just, I had just clearly misunderstood it or the person had misrepresented it, like whatever that shit happens in conversations all the time. If it's something you really want to know about, you can follow up and question it. Yeah. I think the way people describe examples like when you hear the example that they had in mind, it's often like completely different to what they've described. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So the, yeah, the point being, I think there is it's okay to question it or not take it fully to heart. No, I definitely agree with that. If in clarifying, having a conversation, sharing your perspective, hearing more of their perspective, you still feel it doesn't quite sit right or you really, as you've said, they're, they're just coming from a completely different perspective or environment or way of working. It's also okay. Like that doesn't mean mm. you're burying your head in the sand and being super arrogant and being like, only my opinion about myself matters, which like, yeah, I mean, ultimately your opinion about yourself does probably matter the most, but yeah, it's important to also be okay and just, yeah, acknowledge that someone else's feedback potentially isn't going to be right for you in your career. And sometimes mm. it is completely right. And actually I've had some where at the time I couldn't understand it or see it. And actually in hindsight I was like, yeah, actually that was really so true. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah, you can't base your life on what other people think of situations and you as a person and working through, you know, the cringe and the vulnerability of <laughs> development conversations and development in general is just part of piecing that all together and, and working out what you want to back yourself on or what are those great data points that you can use to your advantage in making time for it? Should we leave it there? Yeah, I think that's a lovely place to, to end it and uh, gear up for part four. What will we be talking about in part four, Laura? Stretch opportunities. <laughs> are we going to do a yoga class, do some stretching Ooh, together? Um, I'm actually really quite bad at yoga, so <laughs> we don't want to see that. <laughs> nah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, that'll be good. All about how you take opportunities that are going to stretch your career onward and sideways and all of the great ways that you can <laughs> develop. Thank you so much for joining us for part three. We'll catch you next time. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.